Thanks for listening. If you haven't already, you can subscribe at My Best Eleven Pod and leave us a five star rating. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at My Best Eleven Pod. Email My Best Eleven Pod at gmail.com. Welcome to My Best 11 Podcast. Today we are joined by an attacker, winger, striker um, who played for England. As alongside most people will remember him zipping up and down the wing for Villa. Wolves, Watford, spent a bit of time at Walsall, Forest Green, love the Midlands. Today we are joined by Tony Daly. How are you, Tony? Guys, very good, Andrew. How's everyone? Well, yes, very good, very good. Marvin, how are you? I'm good, Andrew. Good. I'm good. going to get, um, get Tony on. I mean, back in the day, I mean, when, when we played against Villa, it was a case, I mean, I played the odd time, like, I mean, right or left back. And it was a case where, you know, in the old team talks, it would be, meep, meep, you know, that little sign of like the of speedy um, roadrunner. <laughs> and everyone would be taking the mick out of whoever's playing on the fullback because we, we, we knew they were going to be for a tough time that day. <laughs> Yeah, so I remember those days a long, trust me, a long time away now. You know, when I watch games now and I see people wouldn't I'm thinking, wow, wow, how can, you know what I mean? I could do that now, you know? But yeah, it was enjoyable times, Marv, as you said, really, really good. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, it's a lovely time. Were you quick as a kid? Were you kind of one of these 100 metre sprinters in primary school, yeah. you know, sports day? Yeah, originally, um, it was quite funny, actually, because I had no interest in athletics at all. And our school... Um, was always encouraging me to come on do athletics. I mean, this is what I'm talking now when I got into uh, secondary school. Uh, from, I was quick when I was obviously nine, nine and ten. But when I got to eleven, they're trying to encourage me to do athletics, hundred meters. I had no interest whatsoever. I think I I, I entered my district uh, one time and uh, walked that in terms of that over over the hundred meters. But then I feigned. I won't lie. Feigned an injury. Uh, we got to county level. Yeah, because I had no interest at all. I, th- I think it was a day of a football game or something, and I wasn't having that. You know, football was my first love, something, you know, I always wanted to be. I always remember kicking the ball around from, you know, the tender ages. I've got three brothers and three sisters, uh, and my uh, oldest uh, brother, my next brother to me, uh, would have been a four year difference. And I remember being eight years of age, and he's 12, and me running rings around him, and him not being happy, and always kicking me up in the air. You know, to hold me in good uh, stead, really, as well, because that's something I got used to uh, when I actually became a pro and started playing. So, you know, I was really pleased that he did that to me. Yeah, awesome. Awesome. So we're here to talk about your best 11 team you've ever played with. Those people who haven't listened to the pod before, um, what Tony's going to do is going to go through position by position, give us a couple of clues. So you listening, whether or not you're on the way to work or walking a dog, whatever it is you're doing, have a guess and see if you can work out which players player he is talking about so we'll hand straight over to Tony what formation are you going for in your team well it's got to be something I've been used to traditional 4-4-2 is what I'm going to be uh, uh, playing two wide men and uh, two strikers that's what I'm going for excellent so we'll jump straight in then to goalie Sorry, and, and, before, oh. and you can give honourable mentions as well, Tone, oh. just in case, like, 
experience before you actually give us the, the um, yeah. like the name, we, we'll try and guess, but you can give some honourable mentions before if you want or afterwards. Yeah. Okay, just, just to, to clarify how I'm doing this as well. So I don't, I don't name the, the goalkeeper I'm talking about, I just talk about him. Yep, yes, perfect. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yep, yeah. all right. So jump straight into goalie, give us a few clues. Yeah. Um, first and foremost, the goalkeeper I, I played with, outstanding goalkeeper, I'll tell you not. Um, he was very, very good at shot stopping. His reflexes were unbelievable. Um, I, I always recall a particular game against Sunderland, uh, the, the year we won the League Cup, Coca-Cola Cup. Um, we were playing against Sunderland, we won the game 4-1. And trust me, it was not a 4-1 victory. They absolutely battered us first half. And if it wasn't for him, he, his reflexes were unbelievable. All through that competition that particular year, he was absolutely outstanding. Um, he wasn't the best kick of a football, but believe me, in terms of uh, shot stopping, coming for crosses, I have seen anything like it. He was an outstanding goalkeeper. Um, Nigel Spink? No, that would be my honourable one. Oh. Oh. I think... Go on then, Andrew. Go on. Yeah. Is he from my neck of the woods where I live right now? Absolutely. <laughs> Go on. Yes. Mr. M- who's now best buddies everywhere I see on social media, he's always with Dwight York. Everywhere I see the man. Uh, well, Mark Bosnich. That's correct, yes. And hasn't that wasn't changed then. They, they, they got on like a house on fire. Uh, when they uh, were both at Villa at the time as well, and obviously both moving to Man United as well. Mark Barshanis is correct. He was an absolute, honestly, fantastic guy, fantastic goalkeeper. I can't tell you, you know, how how good he really was. I mean, going to Man United, I mean, says it all really in terms of, you know, uh, what type of goalkeeper he was. I said, yeah, I mentioned his distribution. I would say, you know, in today's game, he'd probably struggle because they're looking for that, you know, knocking the ball and everything else. But, you know, he was great with his hands, great for crossing the ball as well. And it was from a dead ball, no problem, but it's the one that came back to him that he probably probably would, would, would you know, not pick a man out if that was the case. Mm-hmm. Anyhow, for me, first and foremost, keep the ball out of the net, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, and, that, yeah, do your job. Yeah. I mean, the, the year I'm talking about that time was the 93-94 Coca-Cola Cup. And... He not only had a great that game talk about Sunderland in in one of the uh, latter rounds of that that cup, but also in the semi final against Tranmere, um, he was uh, unbelievable in that game as well, producing some wonderful saves and also um, uh, saving a couple of saves in the penalty shootouts in in in, in that particular game as well. He was absolutely outstanding that season. Yeah, oh, fantastic, fantastic. So we've got Boz, Bother in there. You said Spinky's one of your honourable mentions. Yeah, Spinksy for sure as well. You know, I had a great time, Spinksy there. Uh, I think uh, Bozzy took over from Spinksy uh, eventually. Um, everyone knows about Spinksy uh, making his debut in, in European Cup final, coming on and, and and playing wonders and kicked on ever since there. Great guy, great keeper. He's very, very close between the two, to be quite honest with you, in terms of um, who I was going to choose. But he, as again, he was a very good shot stopper. But Spinksy was one who could, he could ping a ball for fun in terms of that now. You know, he was one of the first people we're talking about. You don't see as much now, but I think a big thing at the time was instead of the volley, he was one who used to strike that half volley, uh, you, you know, as well, for that kick as well. He was a great uh, uh, striker of the ball as well. Yeah. Really- Is that what you wanted as a winger? You just wanted, you knew he was going to, he was going to do it and he could make distance and you just go as soon as he got it. I think as well, when, you, when we're talking about um, uh, target men as well, uh, you know, um, especially on uh, Graham Taylor, 
the way he used to play as well. If he struck the ball, it was coming in off the wings as well for the flick on from the centre forward as well. And as a for a striker, to to get that ball that's not looped in the air, the one that's driven, gives you a chance to get that little just a little touch on as well. You know, I, I, uh, that was a really really good thing, especially for your wide man. You know, making those runs from out to in, definitely. Excellent. Where do you prefer, left or right? I, it depends. Uh, I, I, when I'm playing well on the left, I stay on the left. When I'm rubbish on the left, I want to play on the right. Simple as <laughs> that. And I was comfortable, comfortable both sides. Um, as I said there as well, um, I, I think equally I've scored probably 50-50 amount of goals. I scored both on the left and right-hand side. I was comfortable on both in terms of that NEO as well. So, um, you know, I, I think the beginning of my career, I would say uh, the right-hand side, but um, la- uh, latter then definitely more on the left. But I was comfortable either side and didn't mind which wing I played on. Every no. time I was on the left, I was glad when you went <laughs> on to the left. Put it that way. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. So we're going to go defence now. Um, and like I said, you obviously keep listening in, listeners, because you may pick anybody, not just from Villa or Wolves. It could be from England as well. So get your brains working. So we'll go to right back first of all, Tony. Yeah, um, right back. Um, uh, when I used to play against this guy, I quoted being the toughest uh, defender I'd ever played against. Not in physicality, in terms of getting past. He was honestly, he, in the end, he, this defender uh, did my nutting. So before the game, he'd already won it. You know, I'm playing against him again today. One of those. And I was so delighted uh, when he came to Villa. I remember saying to him, shaking by the hand, and says, "Thank God for being there." You know, <laughs> he was. He could. He could. He played centre half. He played for England. Uh, he had, um, you know, a, a fair few caps for England at, at full back. We was known as full back. Could play centre half as well. Um, he was a, a, a northern lad. Um, I'll tell you about him. He's very quick. Did, did he? Did he? Did he? I'm going to throw a guess in there. Did he also play for Oldham? That's the man I'm talking about. He did play for Oldham, yes. Earl yes. Barrett. That's the one, <laughs> Mr. Earl Barrett. Yes. Yeah. Let me tell you about what a honestly, what a great defender he was, to be quite honest with you, as well. He really, really was. Um, as I remember, I think um we played Oldham uh in a cup game. And uh prior to that, I was absolutely flying in terms of that. I mean, one of my one of my um Earlier games, I was absolutely flying, playing really well. Um, you know, there was like talk about going to play for England and everything else. It was top of my game. No, do wrong. I hadn't come up against Earl at all. And, you know, oh, going to be my day today. And I remember um, picking the ball up and knocking the ball past him, right? And about to go. Next thing I know, there's these wiry legs coming, wrapping around me. Not, not only... Um, you know, getting the ball out, actually challenged me, got the ball, started running up that way. I'm going, what? Like that? You know what I mean? I'm, I'm not, no, I'm not having that. <laughs> yeah. So again, I kept attacking him, attacking him, did not get a sniff. And I'm going, you know, and, and I thought, well, well, you know, in the end, I think I got substituted that game as well, to be quite honest with you as well. You know, in the end, I think I shifted over to the other side of the wing, on the other side as well, uh, swap places, I did not get a, a sniff. And and that was every time we did, every time we played against Oldham at that time, did not did not get a sniff. It was some player, some some player. Ah, right, excellent, excellent. So Earl Barrett is at right back. I mean, he doesn't get much accolades, does he, Marv? Um, I, I in all the podcasts we've done, um, I barely hear his name mentioned. Why do you think that is? I mean, a lot to do with like, like 
Tony and myself are pretty old. <laughs> That's not what I meant. <laughs> no, I know. I'm, I'm joking. Listen, listen. Okay, but, but going back in the day, I mean, I think, like Tony's just said, Earl was, I mean, a fantastic defender. And, it, and I think you look at him and he's, it is deceivable because like he just go, he goes about his job and gets on with it and like to, to mark someone like Tony and give him a tough time it's probably like they look at the game and say oh Daly's not having a good day today you know, rather than saying that Earl's doing well against him if that makes sense so a lot of the time I think probably people will look at it and think that whoever's attacking him is probably not playing well opposed to him being given the accolades of being a good defender Marv, I totally agree with that as well. I mean, when he's on your team, you realise, as, as you know, your teammate, you know, uh, uh, I was playing against so-and-so today. We're not going to be worried. It's their best, you know, if it's their best wide player or player, he's going to play against, you know, uh, nine times out of ten will do a job on him in terms of that, you know, we're, we're happy with that. But as he said, the opposition, whether it's a fan or the, the team, we're going, oh, why, why is he not beating him? He's not in a good game. But uh, honestly, I very, I, I can't recall a game where I've seen Earl have a torrid with anybody. To be quite honest with you, and the thing is, though, he was, he was, he, he was, he was quiet, unassuming. You know, when the stick was flying about, he'd be the one just, you know, in a, the quiet one having a giggle. Just, just got on with his game. Honestly, he's he such a great pro as well. Such a great lad, really is, really was. Awesome, awesome. So that's right back. Let's go over to the left hand side of the fence. Left back or left fullback? Right, left left back. Um, I'm playing um, uh, on left hand side uh, with this player, and he shouted nothing but abu- abuse at me. Covering, don't want to back. But I, I would say to you, bear. Because at the time uh, I was I was a wide midfielder and told to you know to stay up there and everything else and you know and let everyone else do that. He was having a bar with that now. Do your defensive duty if you if your fullback goes tracking, and he would rip into me. This fullback had uh, one of the best left foots you've ever seen in your life. Very cultured, strong defender, not the quickest in the world, but never got exposed. Um, was he, he an international? He was an international. Yes, he was. Irish? Irish international. Yep. And you're going, and you know who is? Steve Staunton. That's the man. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, to be fair to Stan, uh, he, was, he was equally, as in, you know, when you got the ball and did something great, he was the first one going, that's it, come on, get you going. But honestly, he kept me, I've been playing with him, kept you on the toes. You were never in a comfort zone. And that's great as, you know, someone behind you as well, yeah. in terms of that. <clears throat> So he's equal when you're doing well, he's, he's encouraging and everything else. If you weren't doing your job, always talking to me in my ear all the time, honestly. And I'm not non-stop 90 minutes. And in the end, when before, you've never experienced it kind of thing, but uh, in the end, you got, you got used to it and you're quite happy with that as well. Because right. I said to you, yeah, it was fair. It wasn't just stick all the time. You knew it was coming. If, if that fullback had gone and you hadn't trapped him, I'd literally, you know, if he'd gone and put a cross in, you'd see me over the other side, wouldn't away. <laughs> so I wouldn't get a, a, the abuse, a body of abuse from him. This with you as well. But again, off the field, wonderful guy. Do you know what I mean? So much time for him. Life and soul of the party. You know, I still speak to Stan on a regular basis now, you know, because he lives uh, fairly low-fee to me as well. A really good guy. Excellent. So we've got, we've got Stevie Staunton there. He's played left-back. Did you ever play left-back yourself or were you always a winger? Always a striker. Always a striker. I remember um, 
I think, yeah, we went down. I was a very, very young lad. And for some reason, I was on the sub bench. We went to Newcastle. I think we was losing the game 4-1 at the time or sub. And for some unknown reason, the manager put me on at fullback. Bear in mind, I've never, ever, ever played this position before. Never, never. There was a lot of emphasis in those Evers, Tony. Finally, I've answered your question there is now. If you think it was, I was, you, you know, I think the modern game now, if it was, I think I probably, you, you know, if could have converted, perhaps, perhaps so. But at that time, you know, not a cat and hell's chance. I was there. Don't, don't get me wrong now, you know, I, I learned the lesson, especially when you're playing the manager like uh, Graham Taylor and you've got, you know, senior pros behind you, you got to do your job. You know, I was happy to run up and down, work that, work, work that, that left-hand side, but please not play me at left-back or right-back because it's just going to be a waste of a man. <laughs> <laughs> How do you reckon you go in the modern day? Do you reckon, like you mentioned there, that you could be, because a lot of them are converted these days, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'll go and look at Ashley Young now and what a revelation he is. You know, he, he was, he, everyone knew him as a, a winger, a, a dropping shoulders, beating players, scoring goals, creating goals. Not one about, you know, uh, speeding past that. For him now to convert at the age of looking at a villa now, he's 37 years old, or to say young. And you should see him. I mean, I watch Villa on a regular basis and the energy levels. And not only that now, you know, people putting high balls on him. He's getting, uh, he's blocking shots. He's heading the ball away. He's stopping crosses. He's getting forward. I would never have said that about Ashley Young, you know, uh, 15 years on when he's, he was... When you uh, boys signed him from Watford, yeah, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I would never, I've never said that. I mean, the way he's converted himself now to that position as well. And at the age he's doing it, it's absolutely outstanding. All right, awesome. Yes. Awesome. So we're going to move to centre backs, Tony. Whichever side you want to do. Okay, I will do the um, right-sided centre back first. Um, this uh, this player, um, first of all, I would tell you would kick his grandmother on the football field. Okay, he was uh, aggressive, um, no bars. Yes, would he would he uh, go above and beyond? to win the ball, yes. Was he like that in training? Yes. Anything on the football field, aggressive. Um, wants to win the ball, uh, would take no prisoners, as I said to you, whether it's your teammates or on the football or, or, or the opposition. Um, we uh, bought him as a youngster from, uh, so he, he, was, he was at Oxford. I want to tell you where we got him from as well in terms of that now. But he came to Villa as, as a, a young, promising centre-half, could play full-back as well, but was a natural centre-half. Um, he went on to become an uh, England international uh, on a regular basis, um, outstanding. We used to call him, his defender was known for the rash, because in terms of, if you wanted to mark a striker out of the game, please put him against him. Because he was, he was, he was rash. Not rash. He was, he was yeah. in everyone. <laughs> you couldn't. He come from that. Oxford. Yes. Yes. Oxford. Yes. I'll give you. Do you know it, Andrew? I don't. Oh, no. When you, when you, when you said about the, the the clue, what you've given me there, the rash. Mm. I didn't know he was at Oxford, but I'll guess. <clears throat> um, Martin Keown. That's correct. Yes, that's correct. I didn't know he was at Oxford. Wow. Yes, hometown. Yeah, originally, and obviously went to uh, Arsenal and Everton, or, or via which way, I don't know. But that's the man, Martin Keown, okay? Some some player. I mean, Martin, 
very, very serious person, you know, on and off the field, to be quite honest with you, really was. But, you know, with, with Martin again, um, what I found him as well, he was he, he was somebody as well um, who would, for me, as sister mentioned about hedging was never my game, to be honest with you. I had a good leap on me, but, you know, I had a 50p head, you know, the timing was was off and stuff like that. And I used to do, Mike used to do uh, head, you know, we used to do the one where you just hit the ball in, sent half to head it like that. And he would go, come on, your turn now, you have a go at it. I said, I ain't no centre half, I ain't heading the ball like that. And he helped me with that. And he says, no, come on, you're doing it. And then he would, he, you know, he would say, just you put some crosses in, you know, uh, for you. He'd get that and he'd be there to, to talk to me about timing, heading the ball. And he was only a young lad at the time as well. I was very grateful for that as well. He'd, he'd, he'd done that. The same breath then the next day, you know, he'd be playing against him and he'd, he'd kick me up in the air. It's funny. The guy he was a lovely, he's saying he was serious, but he was a lovely guy off the field. Right. He? he was a lovely guy off the field, but he was, he was quite a serious person, you know? He's, right. He's quite, and, and it's funny you say that about him, about how he like the rash and how I mean, he was a, he was an outstanding um, defender because fr- when I was playing and obviously we had Mick, big Mick Arthur up front, he I used to think uh, Martin Kien was the only one who would like sort of like give Mick like an even game. So normally Mick will just dominate everyone, like, you know, bully everyone. But Martin Kien, even though, I mean, I don't know, I, I've never asked Mick this question. I mean, who his hardest or toughest defender was. But I mean, I also used to look at Martin and think, wow, you, you're mixing it with Mick and not even flinching, if that made sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'd say to you as well, um, uh, just just re- regarding that, um, he, he was uh, the kind of person who's offered a battle. You know, some people where, you, you know, if if you play against Mick Hartford, you know, as well, you know, if elbow in his face, Head, he'd go, okay, that's great. I'm, I'm having some of this. It wasn't like <laughs> shrinking violet, you know, in terms of that now. He'll have a bit of it. Okay, I'm up for that now. I mean, that's 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 how he was. He was honestly, he was honestly an absolute warrior. He really was, you know, he's absolutely and hard as nails as well. Excellent. Excellent. So we've got Keown next to Earl and Steve, who's the final one of the four to save you coming back, Tony. Yes, yes, the, the final one. Um uh, Possibly um, the finest centre half stroke midfielder. We, we want to play him either one that I've had the pleasure of playing with. Um, he was absolute Rolls Royce engine. Um, the ability to know when to put the ball into Rose Ed and the ability to be under pressure nine times out of ten, thinking clear it, and you'll flick it over the centre uh, forward's head for the ball coming down something in, in the middle of his penalty area and spray a ball out, out to the right or left, in terms of that now. Or coming, and you, you know, centre-halves, they'll come out, play, join the midfield and play. Okay, he, um, I, would, I would say to you, uh, this guy, I, I would say uh, I had four years with him, in those four years, I think he, I probably saw him or trained with him, and he's not by himself probably a handful of times. Um, never trained. Um, he would be uh, on a bike most of the time because he'd play a game. Say we had a game on a Saturday, he would uh, play the game, and he'd say to the physio, Jim Walker, Jim, say we had a game on the Wednesday, the following Wednesday, Jim, I've got no chance of playing. I'm not not going to be fit. You know, my, my knees have had it, basically. You know, my knees have gone. And Jimmy go, come on, it's all right. You know, come in Sunday, we'll do a little bit. Come Sunday, you'll be on the bike. 
From Tuesday again, no chance, not going to be fit. From Tuesday again, okay, just do a little bit on the bike. We'll see you all on, on Wednesday, you know. And on the Wednesday, so we'd usually have a light training session, which he wouldn't take part. He'll go and he'll go, I've got no chance playing the game tonight. So Jim Walker would say to him, okay, then why don't we just have a, a fitness test an hour before we kick off to see how you're getting on, right? So we couldn't fitness test and you'll watch him and you'll, you'll knock the ball around, hobble around for a little bit, you know, quick sprint. You know, I'm not happy about this, but yeah, I'll play. Uh, end of the game, man of the match, this person. <laughs> Guaranteed. You're out with um, Irish international. Absolutely. Man United. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Paul McGrath. Paul McGrath. God, as is not. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, uh, I, you know, I, I know um, he's held true stead from the Villa fans as well. But let me tell you, he's held a good stead with the, the players he played, including myself. You know, he was he was yeah, on and off the field, a true gentleman. He really, really was. A fantastic player, as I said to you before. Um, as I said before, I think for me, what, what I liked about him, we saw the good thing about him. But as I said to you before, he knew when to when you know you, you know some players who who are gifted and you know good centre halves. And if you see him now, you know it, it seems a, a bad thing to knock the ball out of play, doesn't it? You'd rather lose the ball and try and keep mm-hmm. it in or whatever. He would just if he's got to go, Rose Z, it will go Rose Z. But equally, said conversely. He'd be able to get the ball down and play, you know, and he was so comfortable on the ball. It really, really was. And a fantastic centre-half as well. Hard as nails, head the ball yeah. for fun and silky with it. That's the same. He's got a combination of being a, you know, tough, rugged centre-half and ability when he gets on the ball because, you know, playing Man United in that midfield area as well, can go out and be quite equal coming to midfield and play, make a picker pass. Excellent, excellent. So we've got Paul McGrath in there alongside Keown, Staunton and Earl Barra. Um, just talk us through, you, you're coming through, um, you're coming through the age groups. Uh, so you said you, at school, you joked about saying you never wanted to do athletics, you always wanted to do playing, playing, the, playing a real game. What, what kind of brought you into that? Is it a family thing? Or when did you first kind of kick a ball? When did it really start to kick off as I suppose, I can probably make it? Yeah. I think, you know, it was, it was a really young age. I said, I mean, I, 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 I could just remember vividly being eight years of age and my, uh, my eldest brother, Uton, at the time as well, who, who, who was a Villa fan. And um, he, you know, would be playing for, uh, football with my, my uh, other brother, uh, David, kicking, kick, kicking the ball around and go, oh, I, I, can I join you? Can I play? And we'd go uh, across the school, a bit of grass area. First of all, just stuck me in goals and everything else. And then, you know, I'd, I'd come out the goal and dribble the ball around and everything else. And my brother's going, oh, yeah, where, have you, where have you got this from? You know, where you, <laughs> this, this kind of does. And he just really started from there. And in the end, when, uh, when my brothers couldn't play because they're doing schoolwork or something like that, as a young lad, I used to go out to school and kick, kicking a ball against the wall all the time. Imagining I'd never been to Villa Park you know, my brother being in pub to take, was too young to go, wanted to go. But, you know, you, you, I uh, managed to see some games on TV when they were on, you know, in terms of that now. And uh, watch, the, watch the likes of, um, you know, uh, Peter with Gary Shaw, Tony Morley, all those type of players, you know, eventually be, you know, even at the latter part of their careers, being able to play, coming through Brian Little, all those, all those Gordon Cowans, all those type of players and wanted to be like them. And I always remember when my brother took me to um, a couple of games, and I went to a game in particular, and it was Villa Park. The year uh, Villa won the um, 
the, the championship, the league, the, the, the first division of Premier League at that time. And we it was a full house. I was in the Holt end and uh, we got beat, beat by Eastridge 2-1, I think it was as well. But we eventually went on to win that Eastridge over the league as well. We thought we'd blown it, but eventually worked out quite well. And, you know, the capacity at the time, I think, was supposed to 40,000. I'm telling you now, there's 50,000 people in there easily because I had to order on my brother's shoulders. And I remember I've seen some of the game in terms of that uh, looking up and thinking, I, I want a bit of this. This is just me. I think I'd have been 12, 11, 12 at the time. And um, uh, going through school, um, I, I just had a knack for football. And even then, um, that, uh, talking about a particular game as well, where it was there, I'm going to go, I'm going to play for Villa. And not only that, you know, I'm going to play for my country. And that was the way I, I saw things. And that was my pure focus. Something's going to do it. I mean, it was, I'm, I'm not being arrogant or cocky now. That's how I felt. And that's one thing I was going to fulfil that. And it wasn't just a case of doing it. I knew that the hard work that's uh, required to do it. And whatever it took, I was going to, I was going to make it as a footballer for Villa at that particular time. And uh, eventually I signed schoolboy forms at 15 uh, at Villa. Did you get any other options? Were you, I mean, even though you were Villa, you were yeah, one track mine Villa. Absolutely. Um, I, I had uh, trials at um, Blackpool. Blackpool wanted me. I had trials at, uh, what I'm saying, Burn City. They were they were uh, vying for my services at the time. Um, and I've been to a few, uh, few other clubs as well, but I, my, my, own, my only choice was going to Villa as well. Um, absolutely. I mean, that, that was, that was uh, the team that I uh, wanted to play for. Absolutely. Yeah. And it was only ever going to be one team and one team only. Do you think out of interest, do you think that's obviously for you, it worked out incredibly well. Do you think that's always a wise move for young kids, if there's any kids listening, to always go to the club that they support? I mean, it worked out perfectly well for me. I think it's having faith in your own ability. I mean, at the time, Villa were... were were you know what a, a, a top team at the time as well in terms of where they were. You mentioned Phil Foden. If you if you if you're a young lad coming through the ranks there and you're thinking you've got a chance, I'd say you know go for it in terms of that because the options are is that you're going to, you're going to be grounded. You're going to be playing with the best players in the world. You know if you don't make it there, you go out and loan. You know and learn your trade and come back. But the beauty is if you're coming from Man City and you don't make it there, the chances are you're going to get a good club elsewhere anyhow. So you, you've got to aim high in terms of that now and, and have faith in your own ability. And if it doesn't work out, I'm sure you can, you can find your level from that. So for me, if you have opportunity, you know, then, and it's the club that you, especially if you're a homegrown lad and school that you want to play for, go for it. Yeah. And did they, I mean, when you came on, they, the fans obviously knew you were a Villa fan. It's something being a Luton fan, you, you kind of, the song that always goes around nowadays is kind of, he's one of our own, that kind of thing. There's that added extra. Did, they, did the Villa fans jump? jump on you and, and kind of give you that extra spur rather than a, a bought player from whoever? 100%. I think as well, I, I think to be born and bred to be, you know, as I said, I lived uh, two miles from Villa Park um, and I always remember um, my early days because I, I, I made the debut at 17, above the team at 17 and I took the number seven bus from outside my house with the Villa fans down to Villa Park on the bus with my boots in a little pump bag going in and actually going to be playing at that, at that night. You could be doing that now and everything as well. But as I said as well, you know, having that as well, give you a bit of, of leeway as well in terms of that now. Because I know if, for instance, um, 
the, the thing that I noticed as well is that when I, you know, I was renowned won the ball, taking players run, running very quickly. And, you know, it's to get bums off seats and fans love that. So if I was having a bad, particular bad day, you know, you had a bad day. So someone else would get stick if that makes sense. Don't on a consistent basis, but you, you, you will be your first target if that makes sense in terms of getting stick but as well. But you, you can't beat the fact, as he said there as well, when the fans, the fans for the team that you support as well, you know, chanting your name or calling your name as well. I, you know, it's something you cannot beat. It's an amazing yeah. feeling. Out of interest, how was that bus ride home? Um, it, I think <laughs> with you. Well, I, had, I took the bus down there as well. It was fine. And I think as well, because I think initially when I broke first uh, broke into the team as well, um, I'd get on the bus and not not many people, because, you, you know, it's like social media now. If someone yeah. went first, everybody knows type of thing. You know, it was the locals around there. I mean, going on the bus and a couple of people would, would have a double take like that. Who's that? But, you, you know, in the majority of the time, just sat on the bus, got the bus, you know, what was it? A uh, five-minute walk uh, uh, down uh, uh, to Villa Park and done. Well, I remember as well. I don't remember coming back late. That thing I got. Uh, one of the players dropped me back off to my mom's house as well. Uh, that 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 time as well. So the journey back was fine. Excellent, excellent. So what we're going to do? We're going to take a very short break um, right now, Tony. And when we come back, we will hear Mars sixty seconds and the rest of your best eleven. Back to the second part of Tony Daly's Best 11. I'm going to hand straight over to Marvin for Marv's 60 seconds. Over to you, Marv. Okay, Tony. Pele or Maradona? Maradona. Golden goal or penalty shootout? Golden goal. Favourite of a sport? Cricket. VAR or no VAR? VAR. (laughs) Fish and chips, pie and chips or pasta? Fish and chips. Best ground you played at? Anfield. Or Wembley. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, Bundesliga, La Liga, or Syria for quality? Uh, La Liga. If you wasn't a footballer, what would you have done? Uh, I would have been an accountant. Um, best dress player oh. in your day? Uh, Dane Atkinson. Oh, one more bar. Worst dress. Worst dress player? Stevie Froggett. <laughs> Why was Stevie Froggett so bad? Oh, you could, listen, I was, best man at, I was his best man at his wedding, you know, so, you know, there's no whole bars there. So, <laughs> love the it's on a regular basis. So, I'm telling you something that I'll always say to him. You could dress him in Armani, Hugo Boss, Versace, whatever it was. It still looked like a tramp. He just used <laughs> it. Clothes used to just hang off in whatever. They tell you it was the worst, just the worst dress, worst dress I've ever seen. Without doubt. And of course, you know what? You, you know what? We became a pro, and Frog is a great player, by the way, as well. And become a pro, and he started to, you know, we used to wear. I used to wear some Larry gear, same as Daly and everything else. And he thought he could start producing the same thing as well. And we was trying, and and it was shocking. And he went back, even when he went back to basics. He was, he was probably the worst, worst dressed man I've ever seen. How did he go on his wedding? Did you have to help him pick the suit out or did his missus pick it? Not he was okay, but he gave me stick because his, his wedding was out, out in America, uh, USA, and I'd come like super casual and I'd come in like dressing all white and everything else. And, you know, and he when we came to me for that, but I still looked better than him in terms of the gear he was wearing. <laughs> just swapped it over his gear. <laughs> 
Well, excellent, you know, excellent. We like to right know because he's honestly he's a great guy. You know, he's he's, he's one of my uh, best friends. Was best friends in football and out of football as well. He's a great guy. <laughs> great. So, um, in terms of you, in terms of um, obviously yourself, what would you say one of the toughest times was as a player? Was it was it relegation? Um, was it was it own personal injuries or what? What was you say the most toughest time of you as a player? For me, definitely injuries. Um, you know, I, I picked up. Uh, I was a villa for ten years. You know, and as a player like Michael Noah, I picked up. You know, injuries like hamstrings, which is a regular basis for me because of the pace and everything else. And I've long sat at hamstrings six weeks and occasionally a couple of weeks of that, a few ankle injuries. But when I left Villa, I went to uh, Wolves, signed for Wolves. And um, I had a horrendous time there. I was injured uh, three of the four years that I was actually there. You know, it ranged from a cruciate uh, injury to ruptured patella tendon to, uh, you know, various other bits and pieces injuries as well. So I had a horrendous time. And psychologically, that really, really hit me really badly. Because I'd, I'd gone to Wolves as their record signing. I was 26 years of age. Um, I dropped down from the Premier League and gone to follow Graham Taylor. At, at Wolves because um, having spoken to him as well, he was bringing in players for fun. You know, they were they, they were going to walk the league in terms of that. Now, you know, the team the team that, the, that he was assembling was already a Premier League side. They were going places in terms of uh, the, the players were buying the money were spending in the Championship stroke, the First Division. So yeah, it would have been Championship at the time, yes. And you, you know, um, they spend hell, hell of a lot of money uh, yeah. at that time. And uh, my first season there. Uh, without kicking a ball in anger, I picked up an injury in pre-season. I uh, had a crucial injury. So at that particular time, um, on why that never happened anyhow, to be fair, they decided not to operate on me because uh, they thought they could, uh, I could get away without having a crucial at the time. And uh, I could just support the league. So apparently I've been playing that crucial for so long. You know, if I build muscle around, I'll be fine. So I, I worked on that for about three months, uh, trying to get Peter Strong, it was great. I went for all the tests, a couple of, um, you know, training games, a couple of uh, friendlies as well, no problems at all. I remember making my debut as a uh, substitute. It was Millwall at the time as well, 3-1 up with about 20 minutes to go. And, you know, the usual thing, been a record signing, the fans were fantastic, you know, great reception and everything else. You know, I sprinted on the football field and I always remember the fullback picking the ball up after about one minute, cutting inside me, I go to turn the defender, it goes like remember, remember it going. And I knew it had gone at the time as well. And I went down in a heap and I thought, I ain't having this kind of thing. You know, I can get through this. It's sort of be all right. I remember trying to get up again and then breaking down again. And literally I was on the field for five minutes of my debut, having been a sub, having to be subbed off again. So that was the worst experience of my life, to be quite honest with you. And then uh, following that, I'd missed the, whole, the rest of the whole season because of that. And then trying to come back again, again, get myself back to full fitness the following season. Again, I was uh, in another pre-season the following year. And um, in a training session, um, I uh, popped my patella tendon at the time as well. I was out in Austria at the time and had to stay in Austria as well to have the operation. And I think I was out for about 12 months with that particular injury because it was really bad, complete rupture of my patella tendon. And those were dark times. I was only 26 years of age, you know, as far as I was concerned. I played for England, you know, and, uh, my aim was to get back in that England team and I'll start afresh and go back again. It was the peak of my career. I can tell you uh, guys, 
Um, I was probably the fittest, strongest, and played the best football uh, before I got injured um, on during uh, my Wolves uh, first pre-season. And to have that happen and taken away from you was devastating. I would not lie; it was it was it was devastating, and that was tough times. It really was. Yeah, it might it have been tough, um, Tony, as you've just explained there. But I mean, maybe I mean, but you must have some confidence from a certain man who you've mentioned, who, who signed you on a few occasions and gave you your England opportunities. Graham Taylor, that must have been a massive boost for you, for someone like him of his stature to re-sign you on a, a couple of occasions and even like give you your opportunities with England as a manager. Absolutely, yeah, my dad. As a cool, cool. <laughs> I, I was gonna, I was gonna say that, but I didn't want, I didn't want to just go too, too OTT. <laughs> you say that, Mark, as well. But I mean, I always remember my, my, my first occasion meeting wasn't wasn't really the best. Um, Graham Taylor at the time was I remember going away in England on the twenty tour grade to Brazil, and Graham Taylor was the the manager, and um, that particular tour did, I did really really well. That tour in terms of playing everything else, everything's going well. I'm gonna go back to my, you know, the first team. I remember our final training session, uh, before, uh, I think the day off we were going back, um, we were just finished training session and I think someone clipped the ball over to me and I was just going to volley it back in terms of the session had finished. And as I said, I'm talking, great strike. You know, I've pinged it. Graham Taylor's come walking across about 20 yards and I'm 10, 10 years now, I've caught him flush on the temple. You know the one, but it's gone quickly, but you can see in slow motion and you go, right. no. And... <laughs> And fair play to him, he's knocked him and, and, and it's like, it hasn't fallen but stirred. But the look he gave me, it, it caught me dead. Seriously, and I've apologised and everything else like that. And even the lads like, God, you know, not even laughing one have gone like that. I mean, I got caned afterwards, you know, the usual thing like that. But, but then um, the manager, the villa gets sacked, who walks in, because Graham Taylor was England at 21 at the time, who was a new manager at the time. <laughs> he comes in, Graham Taylor, the day we got relegated. And that week, um, you know, he was a disciplinarian in terms of that. That was the hardest pre-season I've ever, ever experienced in terms of work and what you're going to do. But his first first talk was, um, you know, if you don't want to be here, don't want to know, you don't want to be back. So he's like, talking about all the, dis- you know, the usual things because he wasn't disciplined from the time. All the rules are in place, this long with rules in terms of uh, what you've got to do. There's no jeans or tracksuits of training, uh, trousers or polo neck. To every you know, terms of training that way, um, it was really really strict in terms of what he was doing. But in that time, Graham Taylor was uh, bringing loads of um, players in, having discussion with them whether you know you're not for me, I'm not keeping you yet, I want you here, kind of thing, or this is what I want you to do. And let me say something: I was the golden child then as well. From the age of fifteen, I've been told what a great player I was. You know what about the, the, the fans love me. The first time at 17, everything's flying in terms of that now. And all of a sudden, it's the first bit of negativity. It's because Graham Taylor literally has not spoken to me, has never word to me. I'm literally, you know, I'm training, running around like an idiot, trying to impress and everything else, do something well. Not a word said, someone else do something well done type of thing. Not a word said to me. And um, even walking out of the corridor in the morning, I'm trying to catch his eye and he'll literally just walk straight past me, not even, not even say a word to me. I've gone, wow. It's in my, my days are numbered here, kind of thing, you know. And I think it would have been after about five, six days. Uh, Graham Taylor was notorious for his um, meetings um, after a training session. So, in midday, so you know, like two o'clock in the afternoon, but we've been training since seven o'clock in the morning. Um, 
we've just finished training session and you sit you down or we'll be standing up and we'll be talking about team tactics and how he wants to play and this will go on for 45 minutes to an hour we're just talking 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 and you know football players are switch off don't they so I'm at the back as well just you know I'm just I'm not hearing noise I'm talking at all what he's going to be doing later not meeting in terms of um, what I'm going to have for lunch when I get dinner when I get home and then um, all of a sudden I hear you you like that and and you know, and I still am taking notes. So I'm looking around, like, who's he talking about? And then you can see the old player, like, turn around looking at me, kind of thing. And um, he's, he sits here, he goes, As for you, you know, everyone told me about a wonder kid you are. I've seen absolutely nothing, he said. Do you know what turns out? Um, you go, you're, 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 I don't see nothing in training. I just, I, I don't, I, I don't think, I don't think you, you, you're worth the paper to be kind on. Do you know about you? You're not for me, basically. He's telling me this in front of everybody. I mean, he's ripping into me. And, and I uh, looked at him and he goes, look, if you carry on the way you're going, you're going to be down the road like that. And that means Burma City. Do you know what I mean? No, 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 no part here. And, you know, I could have gone two ways then in terms of that now. And even the players are going, wow, that was kind of harsh kind of thing. Where's that come from? Do you know? And, um, I always remember, even I think it was probably, it could be next day, the day after, um, he, all of a sudden, you know, we finished training and he says, he goes, Dales, come over here, like that. Okay, we'll get a defender. Come on, I want you to work beating a defender. I want you to start when you get in that position. No, he's beating three or four players across the ball, you know, into Rose Ed. Don't mind about you got to slow yourself down, slow trigger. And every training session, it had me 20 minutes doing whether it's crossing, whether it's trapping the back post, you know, working on tactics, doing certain things as well, you know, you, you know, about having different options, talking about every single day throughout that pre-season. And, uh, and trust me, that pre-season had was unbelievable in terms of that now, getting the first team and I never looked back from that. And having spoken to Graham Taylor, you know, years after, after this, um, did what he said on purpose, to get a rise from me to see he knew he could play but what was you know how, how do you take adversity you knew my history in terms of everything else you know how could you you know when things not going well for you what's the reaction when the manager's giving you a stick or whatever what do you do you go on your show do you have a go and fortunately I went that way so uh, you know what I liked about Brown Town as well yes he loved me as a player but he was somebody um, who knew how to get the best out of you uh, for instance, I'll give an example. I think I, I played a game against uh, Luton. First half, ran the show in terms of that now. Been brilliant, beating players, scored a goal. Fantastic. I remember one thing as well. When the ball came across from the right-hand side, and uh, I'm at the edge of the, of the penalty area, just I think about two minutes before the end of, end, end of the first half, ball's gone straight through. Took nothing off. It's gone out for, gone out for a throw in. I've won it in. Coming, second, uh, coming into uh, the first half, I'm thinking, yeah. Great game. And Graham Taylor's going, you know, good half, lads. I think you're 2-0 off, you know, he's going for all the players. And then he's absolutely ripped into me. If you don't trap that far post again, I'm just dragging you off. You know, until that been mentioned nothing what I've done before. Wow, like, where's this come from? He's it ripped into me, you know. And again, on my toes again, I've made sure I'm trapping that far post. I'm making sure why well, I need to be on my, on, my, on my game there as well. Conversely, again, I've had poor games, like, first time. I'm talking shocking, not had a kick, touch has been rubbish, you know what I mean, crossing the ball into Royal Z, you know what I'm about, occasionally not tracking, tracking the man, he's ran off and everything else. I'm thinking, I'm getting it here. You know what I'm about, I'm, I'm not going to be subject, I'm not, not going to get sub, I'm going to get absolutely caned here. 
he'll be caning everybody else there as well. And he goes, you don't get the ball. He's going to win you the game kind of thing. And I'm about, you need, you need to give the ball. You're not giving the service and everything else. And I went out there second half, a million dollars. Do you know what I'm about? Because, it, you know, it, yeah. he, he told, you know, I can win the game for them. And I was expecting to get absolutely mullered. He had this ability, you couldn't read him, to keep you on your toes, to get the best out of you. That's what I loved about him. Excellent. No, that's yeah. awesome. That's great. Yeah. And, and, and God rest his soul, obviously, as well. Um, it sounds like a, uh, he sounds like he had the perfect mix. Um, yeah. yeah. Perfect mix. We're going to get back to your 11. Um, and you, do you want to start on the left or the right, Tony? Yeah. In midfield? Uh, I'll, yeah, I'll start on the left side of uh, midfield. Um, uh, this player um, was possibly the most skillful player uh, I had the pleasure of playing with. He was a local lad, another local lad. He was four years older than me. And I remember, um, he talked about me going to Villa Park. I remember watching him. He used to go to a school uh, very close to myself. His name was Hope School. I used to go to St. George's. He used to play there. And everyone talked about this 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 wonder kid who was uh, 16 years of age at Aston Villa and I always remember going to watch him in a youth team game a couple of youth team games he was and I can tell you he was doing tricks what he did when he'd actually got into the first team he was that good he was literally taking the mickey the most skillful player who could use left foot right foot at the time um, he uh, went on to play for Liverpool Ranger. yes Liverpool yeah okay yeah Yep. Okay. Yep. Mark Walters. That's, that's the guy. Yeah. Yeah. Again, another awesome guy as well. To be honest with you, because um, I I can only say I only played a handful of games uh, with Wally, um, and what I liked about him because I was kind of in, in awe of him at the time as well. But the beauty was was that uh, uh, Wally knew at the time as well because even though we played could play both right and left. The way the system was going, I think eventually I would be taking his place. But Wally knew that, you know what I mean, in terms of that now, but would always be there to help to give me advice in terms of, you know, yeah, positioning, doing this. He was a great guy. So much, had so much time, had so much time for me, had so much time for me in terms of that. And I really, I'd never forget that. And something I, you know, brought into me as well. We talk about Steve Roggett, because Steve Roggett, again, was the same position as me in terms of where he was. And, you know, it was not a case of you know, me thinking, oh, he's in, I'm not going to speak to him, he's in my position kind of thing. You know, he's a young lad. I'm going to go and help him. You know what I mean? I was going to know what Mark Walters did to me. But going back going back to Mark, he was, um, I always remember playing, watching watching him. I think he wasn't in a, uh, he played, I was um, in the stands. I went down to watch him against Blues, Birmingham City. And I remember um, Nigel was being kicking a goal, a goal kick out the time and oh, let me tell you now the Blues versus Villa Derbies uh, in the eighties was just like it was it was a WWF you know what I mean it was it was uh, it was just fierce gentlemen about hard any football player it was just a kicking match people sent off bookings galore gentlemen about it was just it was, it was just a go for it. always remember uh, I think it's Pat Van der I think Mark Walters playing against I can't remember but Spinks kicked a goal kick out there, out to left-hand side, the ball come down like this. Most people would, you know, try and control it or try and pick it up, try and head it. For some reason, the fullback uh, stood off him and then decided the fight come to come to Mark Waters. And he's literally, the ball came down, he's dragged the ball from the height uh, through the back of his legs there and carried on going. And I 
kid you not, the defender literally ran five yards that way as Mark Waters has, has spun the other way as well. The best bit of skill I've ever seen in my life. He was unbelievable. Even the, even the fans, the, the way the whole fans went, oh, oh. he was, honestly, he, he was such a skillful player. And everyone knew about, um, he was one, I would say as well, the best person to, you know, step over, the lollipop as I call it as well. He was the one, uh, he had the ability to do that. He could, he could go both ways, either side with that. And even though he knew it was coming, well, impossible to, to do anything about it. You know, he was a, a great man. He, he had this step over, like you said, but I, I mean, I, I remember seeing him, I mean, the, the, the Cruyff do the Cruyff. And it was like, and back in the day, I mean, it's called the Cruyff because obviously Cruyff did it first, but Mark Walters, well, he was the first one I saw do it, I think, on Match of the Day. And I was doing, and, and that's where I learned it by watching him, like, do that turn. I'm thinking... He's like facing one way, and the next thing he's gone and reverse. I was like, "Wow, how's he done that?" And then it was like, I tried. I saw like that was one of the things I I tried to master and have in my game was that actually move what I first saw him do. Yeah, absolutely. But well, imagine trying to do that from you know kicking. A I know in the air. I know yeah. becoming that. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, honestly, I've never something. And it was and it was such a flowing movement. You know, straight down that wing. It was, it was an amazing piece of skill. Amazing. Awesome. Yeah, play Mark Waters on that left-hand side. So, who's on the other swing? Who's on the right-hand side? I'm going to fit somebody in here as well because I need to get someone in midfield at the time. So, um, uh, bear in mind, this player has played out there. but well, Everyone knows him more as a midfield player, but has played out here. And uh, this particular player, uh, we got from a, a, at the time, would have been a fourth division team, so League Two at the time. And we paid 250 grand for him. Okay, which is equivalent now playing playing buying a League Two player for four million quid. Do you know what I mean? As a part of the lot, ten million quid or whatever it is, you know, part gamble. Um, he when he when he first uh, uh, came uh, into the club, uh, good guy, good touches as well, but kind of struggled in terms of um, where he was. You know, I played a couple of reserve games always very well. And says he was, and for me, just average did okay. And I think it was underground Taylor who, who bought him. And then suddenly he was brought into the first team and his very first game is like revelation. Um, he had the knack of arriving in the box uh, the last minute, okay? So you would see this player either um, taking, making a, a last gas at the back, you know, covering somebody or breaking through at the front, um, uh, scoring a goal, he uh, played became an uh, England international in the 1990s. Became a regular for England in the World Cup semi-finals as well. Scored Did he play for Arsenal. Correct. Did he yeah. spend a bit of time over in Italy? That's correct. Yes, and a success out there as well. Yes, very underrated. David. You never hear his name mentioned. Yeah, sorry, oh, I forgot. David Platt. David yeah. Platt. You never hear his name mentioned. Even in I know I know football only started in 1992 according to the world now, because the Premier League. But you never, ever hear his name mentioned. And he was, for England and for Arsenal, Villa, he, he went and he was a big hit. Like, he went out to Italy at the same time as people like Gaza. And he was a bigger hit than Gaza. So, so successful that day as well, because I think he embraced everything. He's a very intelligent guy in terms of, now, you know, in, in, in terms of, um, you, you know, off the field. Um, doing things right. He went out to say, first thing we do, you want to learn the language and learn the culture, be part of it as well. And that embraced already, embraced 
the people around him. Mm. So, uh, that's why I think was success and hit the ground running as well, you know. So already it, it became a hit. But, you know, at, at Villa, his, his record for goal scoring was unbelievable. And that ability, why I put him out there on the right-hand side, I'll explain why when you, when you see the two midfielders I'm going to name. Uh, why I put him out there? Because most of the time he can find himself out there as well, purposely as well, in terms of that, to find, to find a fresh position, in terms of that, you know, looking, creating space. Always, we talk about talking about in pockets. He's all that good playing pockets as well. Um, you, you know, he's a great finisher, you know, super, yeah, super, people betting his touch. He was, was never lightning quick. Super touch, get the ball out his feet. Great finisher as well. Turns out now, you know, got a lot of time for Platy as well. Really good player. Beautiful volley. That volley against Belgium, was it? Yeah. Belgium, yeah. Belgium. Yeah. Yes. Oh, sensational. Sensational player. Where, what's he doing these days? I haven't heard his name for years. No idea. I know at the time, I think he, he was golfing somewhere abroad. I saw him, remember. <laughs> I've got no idea what he's doing now. Very similar to what he was like, what you got the perception of what he was like back playing days. He wasn't front and centre. He didn't, he shied away a bit. Absolutely, you know, just did, did, his, did, did his job, you know, in terms of that now. I mean, great success. You talk about the World Cup as well. I just, sorry, Marv, as you just said as well, you know, you don't hear about him at all in terms of, you know, when he's what a great player talked about as it being a success, success at Arsenal. You know, success uh, with Bari, Sampdoria, when you went out, Sampdoria, you know, being a great success out there. Uh, what a play he was for England, man to capture had as well, man to goals he scored as well. You know, again, you don't, you know, he isn't really talked about as well because I don't think he's courted the, the press side of it as much as perhaps other players haven't done. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. So if you stick Platy out on the right, who's going to be the, the players in the middle? I will go. Uh, uh, first midfield player, um, this particular player. Again, we talk about as you can see, I'm, I'm very much like my geniuses. Um, fantastic player in terms of uh, ability on the ball. He had the knack picking the ball up and being able to travel with the ball. It turns out from a midfield area, he'll be one, two, three, scored great goals as well, created great goals as well. Um, he again, England international. Has played, played in Italy as well. Okay, um, I, I I played with him with England, but um, I played against him as well. Um, obviously, in the first stroke Premier League at the time as well. A fantastic midfield player, scored at a knack scoring goals. So skillful from the midfield and um, uh, renowned as well to be a bit of a joker as well. Did he play for Tottenham as well? He did. Yes. Paul Gascoigne. That's the one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he was, honestly, Paul Gascoigne uh, was an amazing talent. I'm going to talk about when I, I was, I think, one of uh, my uh, first train sessions, I think, um, would have been under Bobby Robson, the managed to get in that squad just before the World Cup. Um, and um, he was one of the first players that I'd got there dead early. And it was just, I think, it was me, Paul Gascoigne, another player. And Gaza was, you know, heard about a mad, mad man he was off the football, you know, he football field. And he was having a conversation, talking about football, you know, you know what's really like and everything else, joking, talking about all these stupid things as well. Just really general, lovely guy. And the room started to fill up a little bit. Players were in there, staff started to come in. All of a sudden, turns, doesn't he? Then 
the gas the, the gas that we know in terms of all the antics came out you know it just seemed to have an audience and it just literally switched you know it <laughs> was this sugar and salt it was like messing around and everything else there it just seems to come to life an audience with an audience that makes sense mm. you know you know, I'm talking about normal conversation to be, to be the joker of the pack. Do you think it was a persona then? Do you think it was almost his way of fitting into a group? But one on one, he was okay. Well, no, both sides, he was okay. Yeah. I'm just saying, it was quite quiet, you know, when it's just like that one was that time with me at the time, quite quiet. But I think both both sides, it was like, even though it was joking, it was, it was never nothing addictive or oh, yeah, horrible. Yeah. He's always just wanted to be the Joker, and I think he kind of courted it. He, he, he loved it. That he loved that persona. I don't think he did it on purpose. I just think he just switched. That's the way he was. I think <laughs> you know, his personality just literally switched. It wasn't the case of oh, just going to make me feel or just the way I can handle stuff. You can literally. It was like a smooth uh, transformation to where he was. Yeah. I don't know. If we, uh, we called a train session. Rod's football ability as well. Uh, it, was, it was a train session, one of the first train sessions I had, I had with England. And um, I think we're doing like an 877 or 8v8 game. And he's, um, I'm on the same side as Paul Gascoigne, you know. And what's strange about it was because um, he was on fire, you know, just doing being players, tricks, people sliding over the floors, flicking, flicking there. And I'm playing with him, so he's passing the ball. And I'm watching him doing the skills, so I'm like a spectator. So I <laughs> I'm like watching what's he going to do next. And I go, oh gosh, I need to be playing there. So that's what that's the type of play was, how good he was, even though I'm on the same field as him. I'm kind of watching him to enjoy, if that makes sense, you know, not be part yeah. of the fantastic, you know, essentially. So you, you, you've seen, I mean, we talk about you know, at 1990 World Cup, you know, for him, he was outstanding in that there as well. well. But, you know, not only as well, the career he had was always was unbelievable. Really was, yeah. yeah, and then you're a ninety six as well. Absolutely, awesome. So you've got a lot of attacking players here. You can tell you're a flair player, Tony. So <laughs> are we now going to put a striker in midfield? No, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to put you a a midfield player in here. Okay, uh, this uh, this player um, came through a bit of ranks. Um, this guy had a genuine left foot and right foot. As in, if you took a corner, you could take with his left, swinging in, right footed, uh, right swinging with his left. Equally, not even to tell you which foot he, uh, which foot he had. Um, he, he was a small, combative midfield player. One of the fittest midfield players ever seen. He was wiry. He, he could he could make a tackle. But when he had the ball at his feet, he can put a pass onto you with six pence really. Left foot, right foot, okay? He was a winner uh, uh, at, with Villa uh, in the European Cup. He had success there. Um, he played uh, for Villa um, on, I think, separate occasions. I had the pleasure of playing with him uh, twice separately. Um, he went out to play with Italy, in Italy, out in Bari. Came back to Villa from there. And I'll tell about it. England, played for England? Played for England. 100% played for England. Is it Gordon Cowans? The man, Mark. That's him. Yeah. Good job, Marvin. Yeah. There was a while there. And let me tell you about him as well. And this is, you know, don't, 
about Gordon Cairns, about um, he, I would say, really, he was one of the uh, made my career at Villa because of his passing range. Because yeah, obviously being being quick, you know, he would pick the ball up and he would he would fire the ball, and I'm literally over there and I'm running onto it, and it's coming to my path like that every single time, whether it's there. And out of his foot, outside, sorry, outside of his foot, bending it in there or switching the play there as well, had the ability to, to find you from absolutely nowhere. I can tell you the amount of goals or, or uh, possession assists he made for me, it turns out, was was outstanding. I mean, I was in a training session again. I was the only youngster there, there at the time. And um, we, you know the one we did at 18 yard, edge 18 yard, and you have to yeah. clip. Okay. He did 20 clips of crossbar. 10 with his left, 10 with his right, hit it 18 times as a 20. Yeah. And this one, and it wasn't just clip, it'd be most of the, some were clips, but he'd actually strike the ball. So it was pinging the ball onto the bar, left foot, right foot. I've seen nothing like it, honestly, really, but I'm, I'm watching him with my mouth. <laughs> again, honestly. Another, another Gaza moment, another spectator. Yes, yes. Well, this, this is after training, can't get he's done that. Yeah. I'm allowed to, I'm allowed to watch it this time. Yeah, again, he was, yeah, some player. But everyone talked about, you know, his ability, his passing ability as well. I said to you as well, he was tenacious. You know, if you see the size of him, he's just, honestly, he was, he was like nine and a half, ten stone wet through in terms of that now. But you could tackle. And I'll tell you something else, even I think when you got into his 30s, still one of the fittest players you've ever seen in your life. You could run all day. Okay, you talk about the game then and the game now about players being fitter. I, I can't think of anybody who probably fitter than uh, Gordon Counts was in his prime. Yeah, no, oh, excellent. So you talk about the modern game. Of all the teams, you could, Villa exception. If you could play for any team in the modern era, who would you love to play with, or who would you love to play in? Which team? Okay, then that's a really good one. Um, I'd love to. I mean, I love Pep as a manager. So I love play for Man City, but. Don't think it'd be suited to the way I'd play, okay? But I'd love to play under him. I would say Liverpool, in terms of that, I would love to play for Liverpool because, I, you know, yeah, I, I, the way their style of play probably suited me as a as a, as a a wide forward, if that makes sense, you know, yep. there as well. Yeah, so I would I would probably say Liverpool. Yeah, so you could, you could play on the opposite flank to Salah. Yeah, Almost yeah. a Mane replacement. Absolutely, yeah. They'll probably get, you know, one... One out of me. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm quite happy to take a five-year contract to do that. If they want to do that one, one every six weeks or so, that'd be great. <laughs> Excellent. So, so you, re- so you always would have preferred, the, even though you've gone four, four, two for this, you've almost preferred that four, four, two, three, one, four, three, three, whatever. They say now, but you know, I've, I've gone four, four, two because I've gone from the teams I played with, and that was the that was the way they played, just yeah. Way they play, yeah. but you know, I do look away in one game, whether it's 4 3 3 or 4 3 2 1 or whatever the system yeah. they're playing at. I like that idea of having those, you know, if it's you know, those coming from behind in terms of the wide players or the three with the two wide players and the striker. I think it's a great system, and you know, yeah. and I think you know, I, I think we under Grant Taylor we played it a couple of times as well, believe it or not. We played a 4 3 3 and I played that kind of wide forward and enjoyed it to be quite honest with as well. So, you know, something I, I think. I would love to play in the modern game now about that one. Yeah, awesome. Awesome. So, we're on to strikers. Yes. Okay. First striker. Okay. Um, this striker, um, again, gifted, talented. 
striker. Um, he um, came to Villa as a very young star. I won't say where from. As a very, very young young player, um, broke into the first team. He came as a seventeen year old. Um, uh, broke into the first team early doors, and then had a bit of a, a, a spell where he was out the team for a year or so. But then broke back in the team, scored goals for fun. Okay, he he, um, he um, could score with his left foot, right foot. Can bring people to play. One of the most intelligent strikers we've ever seen is, even though he's not he's not a big striker in terms of that now, but score with his head, not an issue at all in terms of that now. Score left foot, right foot, um, so skillful, so skillful on the ball. Um, he, he, he could take players on, dribble through the ball in terms of where he was. Um, went on, had a massive, massive uh, move uh, to um, Man United. <laughs> uh, yep. I wasn't sure which one it was. I was having an hour. You, Marv? I wasn't sure. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, now that you said that Man United one, yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. So you got Dwight York. Best, yeah, best mates at either end of the pitch. Dwight York. Yeah, Dwight York. Yes. Again, what what a talent. I mean, I think that's probably Villa's find. Best find ever. You know, we, we, we went over on a tour to uh, Trinidad and Tobago in the season. And uh, we played against... Uh, at the time, and he stuck out like a sore thumb. This 70 year old, skillful, you know, dropping shoulders, beating players, and stuff like that. And Graham Taylor, oh, uh, Whitey Marvel, with a, uh, another player to come over for trials, and he excelled. And talk about um, having some of the confidence, um, you know, did well in his trial. I think Graham Taylor offered him a three year deal. Um, he actually stayed in digs for. Uh, about six to eight weeks with my parents at the time as well, because uh, coming back from a Caribbean family background as well, I thought it gave me a chance to, to, to actually settle down in there as well. Um, one of the first conversations I had with, with Dwight and goes, okay, Dwight, what, what do you reckon? Well, my aim is to be a big success in England. I want to do well for Villa, but go on and, you know, be one of the best strikers I've ever seen. And the way he said it, it wasn't, again, I'm talking about, um, it wasn't arrogant. It was somebody who had faith in his own ability, you know, and he for reasons gone and proved that. I mean, famous story. I don't think I'm the first to, to tell a story like this because loads of people have probably seen it. But I remember coming in, then even though when he was a seventeen year old, his party trick was to be you get the you know the beans where you you know it's like a, a waist bin that comes up to just below your 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 thighs there as well, and he goes a bit you uh, everybody a tenner. I can keep the ball up, standing like that, yeah, okay. And lads have never seen me before, <laughs> right? Kind of thing. So if I don't do it, I'll give everyone, I'll give everyone. What is it? I don't know. Say it's twenty people, two hundred quid, or whatever it was. You know, in terms of that, but don't do it. He gets the ball, dropping with the ball. You know, he gets to about 80, 90, not a problem. Just bouncing the ball, and he said, "Lads, that's a county." He gets to ninety, and then he bounces the ball in his head. Bends down, kisses the ball, bounces the ball. The next 10, kisses the ball, bounces the ball for the next 10, goes out, does his hundred, like that. And just, and the place just erupted at that time because no one's ever seen, you know, someone kick, you know, you try and kick the ball 100 times, you, you all love the place, aren't you? Anyhow, in terms of trying to kick the ball, you know, you get great, you can do 10, 20, whatever, in terms of that. And I think as well, I think that was a good introduction for him as well. He was, he, he was, he, as I said to you as well, he had so much faith in his ability. Everyone remembers that the, the Penenka, you know, he did for his penalty, he scored in, in, a, in a league game as well. 
it's getting Sheffield United series of things out because well, he just oozed confidence. He really does. He really, really does. Uh, Dwight as well, um, uh, kind kind of looked both sides, but can produce both sides. He loved the trappings of football. Yeah, I'm telling you this in a good, good way. Do you know in terms of that? Because work hard, play hard in terms of that now. So, you know, in terms of that now, he, he trained hard, you know, invariably one of what was one of our better best players. But also as well, when the time to go out, if he could go out and party, he'll go out and party, not breaking any laws as well, rules and that, and he did, and, and, and he loved that side of it as well. But again, first one, training, train hard. Yeah. yeah, awesome. Awesome. So we've got Dwight York. Who is next, Dwight York? You can't have Andy Cole to never play for you. <laughs> <laughs> this player, um, okay, um, for me, how he never had a opportunity to play for England is is a surprise, really a surprise as well. Um, he uh, lightning quick, strong as an ox, can score with his left foot, right foot, um, great in the air. Super, superb player, it really was. Um, he, he had some wonderful times at Villa, especially under uh, Ron Atkinson as well. Um, getting good success as well, uh, winning the League Cup. Um, had, had a good combination at time with Dean Saunders. Fantastic player. Really Did he from- also play for Sheffield Wednesday? I going to say to his original club was Ipswich at that time. But uh, mm-hmm. it was Sheffield Wednesday, that's correct, yes. God bless him, Damien Atkinson. Yes. Yeah. I will tell you, some, some player. But, you know, with Damien, I mean, I, I knew Damien uh, really when, when I was with, and he was a, one of the England players we went under 20 and I got to know Damien really well. Um, I always remember Damien again was coming, I think was in the championship mm-hmm. time, first division at the time. Yeah, but there was talk, everyone's talking about this young lad from Mute Switch. You come on debut, one of his debuts, I think it's called Hatrick on his debut, where it was the classic, you know, hit two from uh, 30, 30 yards, one with his right, one with his left foot, you know, he's won the show and everything else is talking about this lad. And we played Ipswich um, in, in, a, in a League Cup game. I think we beat them, I think it was three or four one. But that day, Dalian played out on the, I played the left wing, Dalian played out on the right wing at the time as well. At that time. And um, and we both knew about each other, and we used to have fun as well on the trenches because he was who's going to be the quickest kind of thing. So I always remember. And Dalian, don't know Dalian, not the best trainer in the world, by the way, but some player, right? So in terms of that, Dalian was never one for tracking players. But I pick the ball up, run down the wing. He's like, I mean, that is going to prove to me, you know, he's quicker. So he's come down, you know, he's, he's got a tackling and everything else like that. So he'd be went down the wing. I ain't having that. So I've attacked So we had this real battle, you know, who, 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 who was the quickest, who was the best player kind of thing as well. And that was the first time we really got to know Dave as a, as a, as a person. We'd come to the field having a laugh and a giggle about it, saying, you know, you, you know, yeah, I won, I did more once than you kind of thing, having a giggle. And then um, he signed Villa from, I um, very well associated he come from as well. Yeah. And um, and he, he took to Villa like a doctor water in terms of, in terms of his ability. The one thing with Dalian though was that Dalian was really hot or really there's no in between with Dalian in terms of that. Fortunately, in a lot of hot times that makes sense. So there's yeah. times when you know there's there's times when you wouldn't you wouldn't get nothing out of him. And I think for him that was the reason one the reasons why you know he probably didn't get that England cap in terms of that where it was, okay? Because uh, that particular time for me personally where it was. But you know, he, he was literally you'd watch me some training sessions and he was on 
playable in terms yeah. of that. And, and he transferred that under football field as well. Well, he scored one of the goals of the season, didn't he? Yeah, I reckon still one of the top five goals in the Premier League. Yeah. Was, was that the one against Wimbledon? Wimbledon, correct, yes. Yeah. Yeah, oh, know, what a goal that was. Were you on the pitch what that day, Tony? Oh, injured for a change. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what a goal yeah. that was. Wow. Outstanding. I mean, you know, you know, I mean, if you see Dan as well, you see it. I mean, that was probably the goal of the season, best ones ever seen as well. But you know, we'd see that in training on a yeah. regular basis, kind of thing. But if you see his other goals as well, we we get the ball out of his feet and boof, you no know, back lift. Yeah. God, you know, in terms of that. And when you had the ability, I mean playing we played uh Tranmere in the semi-final, one of the best semi-finals we've seen as well in the league cup we got win for a penalty. Yeah. And I think it's about the 88th minute. I think Dan's picked the ball up uh, from literally the nearest penalty box. And he's beat one. So he's beat about four players. I've seen nothing like it. One for If he would have scored that goal, I think he, I've done whether the keeper saved or put it wide. That would again, you ever be talking about his goal forever. You know, you see on a regular basis with him as well. It was honestly outstanding, outstanding player. He really, really was. Again, a, another a, a pleasure to play with him. Really was. Excellent. Excellent. So that is your best 11. Bosnich, Barrett, Staunton, Keown, McGrath, Walters, Platt, Gascoigne, Cowens, York and Atkinson. Over to you, Marvin. So which um, manager, I mean, is going to manage this this luxury 11? Dad. Dad, yeah. <laughs> My dad, my dad's doing it, yeah. But before that, as well, I think uh, big Ron, uh, Ron Atkinson at the time, completely yeah. different manager uh, to Graham Taylor in terms of what the players were called. Uh, manager, he let you, you we played five sides all day tactically, was nothing like that as well. He, what he, big Ron was doing was getting the players on the field to do what he wanted for him in terms of that name. So, you need to play this way. And we had the likes of Andy Townsend, talk about Steve Staunton, Ray Houghton, Dean Saunders, experienced pros in the right positions in terms of that now, you know, we think. So he'd bark out his instructions and let those players in the field, you know, do everything. You see them talking, instructing, and everything else as well. As well. But I'm probably a bit harsh as well. I mean, the big one's uh, biggest moment was the League Cup final. Yeah. Turns with the um, United 3 1 against all odds on league form that. At that time was actually shocking. Um, Man United were going for the triple. Nobody gave us a, 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 a prayer uh, winning that game as well. And he decided to, you know, play a young lad called uh, Fenton, uh, Graham Fenton, who played a handful of games, played him as a number 10. And he was a revelation in that position as well. Man United couldn't pick him up, didn't realise the system we were playing because I played out wide. Um, uh, Left outside, to the right side, diesel down the middle, Graham Fenton just behind, and caused all loads of problems with it as well. Something they weren't expecting us to do, you know, and, and tactically it got its spot on there as well. But overall, say to you, Graham Taylor, for those reasons I've said before as well, he's not only that as well, he was, he was a tactician, he was ahead of his times in, talk, in, in, in terms of, you, you know, um, uh, technical side as well, the tactical side of everything as well. He was meticulous in his detail. Um, and his man management skills are outstanding. So for me, it'd have to be Graham Taylor managing that best in it. Excellent. 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 Uh, now, the, um, the final question, I mean, what, what, what are you doing now, Tony? So just to explain to some of the, the Villa, the Wolves and Wolves, all the, the, the clubs you've been at, just to let them know what you're doing now that um, you've hung up the boots. I mean, I went home with the boots. Um, 
I went on to be a, a fitness coach at Sheffield United for four years. And then I left Sheffield United and became a head of sports science at uh, Wolverhampton Wonders for 10 years. I left there in 2017 and set up my own business where I'm a, as a fitness consultant, yeah. where I now uh, uh, do fitness sessions uh, as a consultant basis for uh, young academy and up and coming players, as well as, as, as some first team players, as well as uh, doing one to one personal training as well. Excellent. And it's 7D, is that what the, I can see it on your shirt? 7D Fitness. That's correct. 7D Fitness. Excellent. Um, and. You have book. recently written a book yeah, as well been... called and yeah. um, Marvin has given it his 10 out of 10 thumbs up. The name of the book, my daily record. Yes. Yes. It's, it's really just a, a, a story of my football career. You know, you know, we've told a few anecdotes of stories that, that, that are in there as well. Uh, growing up um, uh, as a youngster, you know, um, having the pains I had as well, not bringing I had, uh, uh, through to playing for my home uh, town Aston Villa, all the way through to the heartaches of you know playing, you're making that you know the the, the move I wanted towards in terms of a professional career, not that working out, and then you know coming oh, coming over to the other side as well when your football career is over, what am I going to do? You know going going out to university, want a degrees there, uh, moving into the sports science world as well, and doing what I'm doing now. So it's a reflux of, you know, obviously my football career and a little bit behind it as well. It's a fantastic read, by the way, if I say so myself. <laughs> yeah, and it's got, it's got some forwards from Ron Atkinson and Steve Ball, I saw as well. So they gave you a bit of help, did they? Absolutely, yes, yeah. Before a big one. And just having playing with Wolves uh, with, Steve, with Steve Ball as well. So again, another good friend of mine as well. So, yeah, very, very grateful for them putting forward for me. Excellent, excellent. Well, I want to say, on first of all, to our listeners... Go out, have a read, have a flick through. Um, Tony's still doing some um, some signings every now and again, so keep an eye on social media um, if you want that book signed. Um, but if not, jump on Amazon or, or any good bookshops, and my daily record is available there. Um, but on behalf of myself and Marv, I want to say thank you so much for your time, Tony. And that was Tony Daly's My Best Eleven. Thank you.